Greetings, Padawans, and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron is the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. Bosha, what is good, guys? This is your boy Sotiko joined by my good buddy, my favorite guy to talk Star Wars with. It is MJ back in the house. And this is episode 21 of the Archives podcast. If you guys haven't been paying attention, we have a brand new logo, brand new introduction, and same Twitter, at Star Wars TAP. We are running a contest, free Funko Pop. All you have to do is retweet the tweet, reply with your friend, subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter, and you're entered. Free Funko Pop. It's that easy. Bam, boom, bop. Now, today, we have a very fun podcast for you. Me and MJ are going to be out here today talking some Star Wars. We're going to be talking a little bit about the prequels. Talking about Qui-Gon Jinn. And covering some news that has came out that is going to make men uncomfortable. Now... To kick it off, I say we start in the news. I say we start in the news, MJ. Recently, you know, we've both seen this. I don't know her yeah. name. You know her name. I do, I do. Her name is uh, Charmaine Oboy-Chinoy. And she's recently said that she wants this Ray movie to quote-unquote make men uncomfortable what are your reactions to that um so uh that it's it's really drama filled for sure but um so that line was taken out of context from a few years ago in one of her interviews involving her activism and it's I don't really have a real reaction to that per se. Um my reaction's more along the lines of her saying that she was an untrained filmmaker. Um mm-hmm. that's my take on the whole thing. Um I think everybody has their panties in a bunch. Let the movie come out, let's review it then. You're review bombing it when it doesn't even have a script yet. It, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's rough for sure. We live in a society where negativity overrules the positivity in my in my honest opinion um, mm-hmm. it's definitely a hot fire for sure just it's taken out of context and driven beyond stretch like a rubber band you know it's reached its snapping point mm-hmm. so see yeah. this is where i'm at though this is where i'm at though it's not even about the boy and girl thing I, cause I, I don't care who makes a movie. My whole thing is how cool would it have been if she said, I want everyone to see this Ray movie and I would love it if Star Wars fans thought it was sick. That would have probably been the the preferred route to go, you know, considering marketing is just, you know, it's how you market. Mm -hmm. You don't really want to start um, 
marketing by having a quote taken out of context saying you want to make half the genders uncomfortable. So, because I mean, he didn't, they didn't, she didn't really, I mean, even though it's an out of context clip, that clip and quote pissed off, I think, everyone. Mm hmm. Not just, not just piss people off, but like it got people talking, which that in and of itself, it's not a bad thing. But when you have people from outside Star Wars starting to talk about like, oh, Star Wars is dead. Star Wars sucks. It kind of puts a stain on the entirety of the franchise when in reality... Guys like you and me will always enjoy everything that comes between the Old Republic and Episode 6, right? Right. Saying that Star Wars is dead is kind of a... It's a moot comment. It is. Comment. It is. It's a, It's an edgelord comment. And one that I've just never, never got behind, never understood. But I will say that I'm actually excited for this Ray movie. I want to see what's going on in the universe. I want Same. to learn more. I want to see what's up with Ray. I want to see what's up with her compatriots. What's the new New Republic looking like, you know? What do they call it? New, new, new. <laughs> yeah. The new two. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they got something, you know, authors always find a way to make something either really great or really kaput, so. Mm -hmm. I don't imagine it being new-new. It's definitely going to be something cooler. <laughs> as far as expectations for this movie, are you setting a low bar so you don't get upset, or are you setting a standard bar or a high bar? I'm going to say I'm going to set the bar medium because we're, we're, we're treading a path that no one really knows. It's the unknown. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're going beyond the sequels now. We're going sequel sequels. So it's definitely an interesting take and to see on how or what and where we're going to go. Mm -hmm. So... It'd be nice to see John Boyega come back for sure. It would, because not just to see him back, but I think he deserves a solid go. I think he deserves a solid go. I think episode seven had the best intentions for Finn, had the best intentions for John Boyega. And then the China stuff happened. And then the last Jedi happened. And then the Rise of Skywalker happened. Granted, the Rise of Skywalker, it did portray him as Force-sensitive. So it was a step in the right direction, but I hate to circle back to this. The Last Jedi messed him over so much. They took everything that, that we had built up with him. Uh, a former Stormtrooper defects joins the rebellion force sensitive and then gets turned into a comedy character just like that 
gets turned into the token black guy. Just like that. You know? It didn't feel good. You look at Han Solo. He has a natural arc between the, the three movies. You look at Luke Skywalker. Natural arc between the three movies. Leia Organa. Natural arc between the three movies. Lando Calrissian. Natural arc over the two movies. It goes from scoundrel. Goes from sleazeball to literal war hero. You know? Guy yeah. bending over backwards for the Empire to guy literally defeating the Empire. What did Finn do? What did they make Finn do? Ride horses on a Star Destroyer? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I feel so I, bad. I love the character and the ideology behind it. And I feel like if you or I was tasked, hey, here's this character. He's a stormtrooper. He's defecting. He's force sensitive. He's joining the rebellion. Write a story for him. I feel like me, you, everyone listening to this, their grandmother and their unborn babies are writing a better story for Finn. I honestly don't get how they passed up on such a compelling character. I think it would have to do with handing the plot or script, uh, you know, whichever the right choice of words is, the plot or script, over to another director, you know? Yeah. The, the, the three movies were handled between Ryan and JJ. Yeah. I think that was the issue there. It wasn't one straight path. They literally took a detour, and that detour literally detoured all of these characters, and then JJ tried to set it back on track. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would have been better if JJ did episode 8, Ryan did episode 9? No. I think it should have just been one straight vision. Yeah. Honestly. Because you have two people coming yeah. in and you can see it from episode 7 and 8 that the visions were not aligned. It was definitely two different pictures. Mm -hmm. So I think that was just a problem in itself. What if... They were like, hello? Hey, is this uh, Dave Filoni? Awesome. You know that, that hit show that you've been making for years? No, not Rebels, the other one. Clone Wars. Yeah, that one as well. Yeah, we love your resume. Why don't you come in? We have a trilogy for you. Yeah, we're going to put a team together right now. Bye. Hi, is this Sam Witwer? Guy who knows more than about Star Wars than anything? Hey. How would you like to be an executive producer on Star Wars? Awesome. We'll see you soon. Later. Johnny, John Favreau, you're done with Marvel? You're done with Iron Man? You want to come make Star Wars? Let's do it. Team of three. Put them in a I dark mean, room together. Hey, give me a trilogy, guys. Here's the premise. That, that logic is too nerdage for a board meeting <laughs> and people in suits. <laughs> Yeah, but um, Favreau is as suit as a nerd is going to get, though, you know? I, I don't know. I feel like they are throwing darts at a notepad board with mm -hmm. ideas. And whichever it hits, they're, like, rolling with it. Yeah. I mean, we got the Ahsoka show. Um, Book of Boba. Um bad batch now we have the acolyte coming out the ray trilogy coming out i mean 
albeit it's still good we're getting content whether it's good bad mid you know mm -hmm. i here's the thing Let, like let's talk about the disney releases and just uh give me a w an l or an m for mid right rogue one w w easy w rebels w Mid. you're not a fan of rebels that's fair so i mean to put it bluntly the thin lightsabers even though it was a homage it really turned me off of the show until like like last year when i actually watched it yeah. and it was good i'm not even gonna lie it was a great show so i mean but it had yeah, a it had a red flag for you yeah w for sure okay <laughs> no that's fair no you can say mid it's okay um Next thing to come out would have been The Force Awakens, in which I had no complaints because it got us talking. And, like, when The Force Awakens was the only movie that had come out, for the episodic series at least, everyone loved it. No one no. hated on The Force Awakens. So. Honestly, yeah. W, in my opinion. I actually went and saw that movie in the theaters with my pops. Um... And my brother, we actually really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. It was episode eight and nine, though we didn't. You didn't? Nah, we didn't uh, go see it together. I actually didn't go see nine in the theaters at all. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Watched it at home and like. <laughs> as far as I mean hey so after 7 was solo I didn't see it in theaters because I was broke I just couldn't afford it but I it was a W I love, yeah, w too. I love it and then The Last Jedi came out I have to say L. L. I really want to say mid, but I can't because every movie looks good. You can't give it the, the crutch that, oh, the cinematography was great. It was. Every movie coming out these days looks good. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I like, I love Star Wars. I want to say M, but I have to say L and so, it hurts yeah with the last jedi it's a huge l for me because me and miss mj went and saw that mm -hmm. and twice and throughout the movie i stood up and i'm not even gonna lie i raged i was like screaming did you in the sense i was like what the f is that dude snoke got cut in half and he's supposed to be this big villain from The Force Awakens, which already was a W. He was force choking people just like Vader, except stronger. He was choking people across galaxies. Kylo Ren, you know what I mean? Like he was he choked Kylo Ren out. He was literally intimidating. This disfigured person was just something some like you expected his midichlorian count to be well at least near Anakin's or at least more. And he was just chopped bread, chopped liver. That pissed me off. I see. Interesting. I love 
that throne scene. Everything about it. There's not a thing about that throne scene that I don't dislike. That I don't dislike? That I don't... Yeah. That you don't like. I love everything about it. I think that's the best scene in that movie. Now! Little old Trev. Probably on a date. You know? Going to see The Last Jedi. Sitting there with his popcorn with his cherry icy. He's watching... FN two one eight seven in his little land the little land scraper racing towards the the first order battering cannon about to sacrifice himself to blow up the entire first order. I'm like, holy crap. Here we go. This is it. This is his freaking character arc. This is what he is meant to do. This is what he was born to do. A conscripted soldiers stolen from birth as a child taken by the first order raised in the first order left the first order joined the rebellion and is about to end the first order and out of nowhere comes rose deco literally if finn dies right there it is a w movie (laughs) genuinely Kylo can still live somehow. He has the force. He can rely on the dark side to keep him alive through the explosion. Gives him another reason to put the mask back on, right? His face is deformed. Whatever. Finn deserved to die. How crazy is that? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think Paul and Finn deserve to die, honestly. Yeah, because now he, he, like... He kind of just looks like a bitch. Like, you were just about to take the easy way out? Like, we're trying to escape? The fuck are you doing? Yeah, you're not wrong there. Rose ruined Star Wars. No. <laughs> if, dude, no. if that happens, they can escape. They can raise the rocks. Ray can go, where's Finn? Poke and cry. Poke and cry. <laughs> yeah, the first movie... You sacrifice Han. The second movie, you sacrifice Finn. In the last movie, I I think both the twins can go. Luke and Leia. You know, Leia to start. Then Luke goes out to... uh, No, no, no. Luke at the start of the movie. And then Leia whips out the lightsaber at the end. So, even though The Last Jedi was an L, I will say my favorite part of that movie um, was Luke's Force Projection. That was something we'd never seen before. I, I had no issue with it, genuinely. Yeah. I had no issue with it. Because that was the only way... He couldn't get off the island. He was oh. literally stuck there. Ray took the X-Wing. Yep. So, at that point... It was chalked. Or Ray didn't take the X-Wing, did she? I mm, I want to say yes, but I don't remember. No, that was in The Last Jedi. The Last yeah. Jedi. Or no, The Rise of Skywalker, I mean. Because she went to burn the books finally or whatever. Right? No. Mm, I don't know. I didn't really watch it with some 
It was no, it was episode nine. She took Kylo's ship, yeah, and then took the X-wing. There we go. Cool. Figured that part out. Man, it, it's it's tricky trying to figure those movies out. They're kind of scattered, and it's all within like a a year and a week. It's very tight. How did you feel about Super Leia? You know, Wonder Leia. I didn't that like that. That was the second part that made me stand up and go, what the f is that? <laughs> I didn't like that because if. I should have just killed her and been done with that. Like, mm -hmm. like she didn't have to force bubble herself and then fly away. She literally became a meme at that point. And here's the other thing that didn't make sense about that. So first order special forces tie pilot sends in the rocket, blows up the bridge. Ben thinks his mom is dead. Mm hmm. Maybe he feels her alive. We don't know. But I I start that as his ultimate fracture point. Right? Because first, right. he killed his father. Yeah. He got shot by his uncle. He supposedly watched his mom die. And then he got bitched by his supreme leader. And I think that egging him on was the straw that broke the camel's back and then he said f this i'm killing him but we never go back to that holy crap my mom's still alive like we never go back to that but she just dies on the table right yeah eventually yep i think or no she comes back and she's wearing the little uh head wrap and she stuns Poe, and she's good, because then she goes on to train Rey as a Jedi. We don't f like see her die until the next movie, where maybe he still thinks that she's dead, and because he's so surprised when he feels her die, that's why he like freezes. He's like, "Holy crap, my mom actually just died. I felt it," and then Rey stabs him. Yeah, from the Death Star. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that's accidentally what happened i don't think they intended that because they never revisited that until that point which it's nuts because at that point like he's he's broken he's lost he's and i really want to know why he hates luke so much right and that's why i took it upon myself to write the book that creates the crack and the fracture in their relationship because i want my own ideas to be canon i don't want anyone else's ideas because they're going to do it wrong and we have to take george lucas's luke skywalker and somehow get him to jj abrams where he's standing there on the ledge of the mountaintop we have to get them from point A to point B. In between, Luke has to raise his nephew, train his nephew, and somewhere in the middle of there, their relationship has to go wayward. And I'm taking it upon myself to write that. Granted, yeah, granted, I'm doing it with... An original character of my own. Have I told you about my book? 
Um, you might have mentioned it, not the original character. Okay, so podcast exclusive for you guys. A little tell all. Character's name is Nathan. He is, uh, when we meet him, he's 10 years old on Tatooine. His parents were, his mother was a maid um, for a rich imperial warlord. His father was a slave for that same house. They met when they were very little kids. They fell in love when they turned 18. They ran away together. They went across across the uh, across the planet and started a new life. Um, the father started working at a cantina uh, as just a dishwasher because he had no resume. Like he's a slave. He doesn't know anything better than hard work. And the mom works there as well until she doesn't have to because the dad goes on to inherit the place and he becomes the owner. Um, so for five years, they are doing their thing. They're living, they're trying to have a kid and they just, they just can't happen. They've been trying for five years, hasn't happened. And by some will of the force, by some will of the force, they get pregnant and they have a kid. Kid turns out to be Nathan. He is force sensitive, but because this is Tatooine where you've heard stories like inquisitors have visited Tatooine, slaughtered people just for knowing a Jedi. They've seen Jedi strung up in the middle of the street. Like we have to protect them. We can't let it get out that he has powers of the force. So for 10 years, they keep him as, um, they keep it as quiet as possible that he has the force and they, they teach him to always be calm. You know, never let your emotions get too much of you. Just be a good kid, which he is. Uh, the first day of the book, it's his birthday. It's his 10th birthday. And he goes to hang out with his buddy. He gets a brand new droid, a pit droid, which he's always wanted a droid. His dad always wanted a droid, but just never could afford it for himself. So they got it for his son. Um, so he takes his speeder bike and it's cool because his speeder bike is the same one that they use in the Endor, like the Endor raid, the the seventy four, cool. yeah, the seventy four Z speeder, and he he has it pimped out. He he goes like three hundred miles an hour on it. It's crazy. So he goes to hang out with his uh, his best friend, um, Raj. Um, Raj isn't home, but who is home? His grandfather. Who's his grandfather? Kitster. Anakin's old best friend, you know, and now he now he's a decrepit old man, but because Nathan is like so he's such a a fan of racing and speeder bike racing and pod racing, like he knows of the name Anakin Skywalker. It's the only human that's ever won the Boonta Eve race. Well, Kitster has this little puck, and it's a hollow image of Anakin winning the race, and he gives it to Nathan for his birthday. And they go on to hang out. Raj is kind of this little, like, little scumbag friend that, like, you, your parents don't like that you're friends with. But you're friends with him because you've known him your whole life. Right. Raj steals a blaster from this drunk guy who's just drunk laying out on the street. And he gives it to Nathan as his birthday present. Well, they get caught by a deputy. 
because kids can't have guns. And Raj runs away because he's a little scumbag kid. Nathan gets in trouble. So rather than hang out with his friends for his birthday, he has to go to work with his parents. Because um, his, his dad's not upset with him because he knows he's a good kid. But he still has to like come down on him a little bit and say, like, well, it's not your fault, but like you just can't be doing that stuff. So he goes to work with his parents. He, and he hates working at, at the cantina because all he does is he picks up like the, the chewing tobacco spit cans and mops up all the spilt drinks and stuff. And at one point, like this guy trips him because you know how drunks are in bars. They're just dicks. This guy trips him and then uh, he looks up and he sees this random dude is just like messing with his mom and like harassing his mom and he gets so angry to the point that he doesn't know how he did it or what he did but he used the force and he force pushes the guy against the wall the guy clatters against the wall everyone just stops and stares in bewilderment his dad rushes and is like shuts down the cantina and Nathan's crying. His mom's crying. They don't really know what's going on and what to do. They're sitting there for like an hour just talking as a family like, you know, maybe we need to leave. Maybe we need to go off planet. Like, you never know who saw this or what happened. And all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door of the cantina. And there's a cloaked figure at the door. And Nathan's dad thinks that they're here to take Nathan. Well, they are there to take Nathan, but the man walks in, black cloak, black glove on his right hand, and Nathan's dad asks, are you a Jedi? And he says, I am. And that's the end of chapter one. Um, don't want to spoil it beyond that, but Luke Skywalker picks Nathan up and takes him to the academy. He felt his force so much when he was just riding around the X-Wing that he was like, I got to go to Tatooine right now. And That's solid. Yeah. So Nathan and Ben, they're going to be like best friends. And eventually their relationship's going to fracture over favoritism, over nepotism, over just trying to be the best Jedi. And I have a bunch of really dope plans for it. Um, but eventually, like, it's going to be a three-man rodeo with supporting characters and everything, but it's mainly going to be about these three, and my goal is to just do justice to George's characters and try and make sense of Kylo Ren because he deserves it too. It's like, he's such a pivotal character, and in my estimations, Kylo's the main character of the sequels. I agree. And if you look, if you watch the sequels, and I challenge you to do this next time you, like, watch the movies, just think... Think about Ben as the main character. No matter what's on the screen, just be like, how is this impacting the story of Ben? You do have to do a lot of the puzzle by yourself, but it does help the story at the end of the day. For sure. Mm -hmm. Have you... Have you ever, like, put Ben's arc and Anakin's arc next to each other? other and just kind of compared them a little bit because they're well, kind of I mean, inversed yeah originally even uh adam driver stated in an interview that his arc was literally supposed to be the direct opposite of darth vader's 
of where he starts out vulnerable and ends up confident, whereas Darts was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing that I loved about, like, let's talk about Vader for a bit. Let's talk about Anakin for a bit. He gets picked up by Qui-Gon, and it's a very, like, my book is a very, it's obviously paying homage and giving nods to what I, I call good Star Wars, right? Where Luke is the Qui-Gon-type character, saving this kid from a situation that, you know, he, like, he's a poor kid on a, on a tough planet. Um, but the thing that I never understood with Anakin was, you know, why, if the Jedi didn't believe in him, why didn't they just send him back? Was was Qui-Gon's dying wish like that much of a an honorable thing to like that I feel like that speaks volumes about Qui-Gon. No one on the council wanted him to be a Jedi. They all agreed no, he's not gonna be it. Because council decisions had to be unanimous. If one person didn't agree, they deliberated until all minds were changed or everyone was on the same page. So everyone on the council of 13 Jedi Masters said, this kid is not going to be a Jedi. Was Qui-Gon thought of and respected that much that they allowed it to happen? If so, why didn't they send more Jedi to Naboo? Why didn't they believe him about the Sith? You know, that I'm unsure of. Um... But for Qui-Gon, I was going to say that it was his dying wish, you know, that Obi-Wan trains that boy. Mm-hmm. So. And I guess, I mean, they didn't want to lose another Jedi either. Like, they knew the Sith were back. This, this kid, Obi-Wan, killed the Sith, supposedly. They didn't want to lose another Jedi. Because they lost Qui-Gon. If they wouldn't let Obi-Wan train him... Obi-Wan was going to leave the order and still train him. So it was kind of either do we want this to happen within the confines of our, our house or do we want to let it off rogue? And granted, I mean, they let it happen in the confines of their own house, but at the end of the day, was that the right decision? Should they have just sent Anakin back? I think they just didn't scatter the galaxy galaxies, you know what I mean? Because George said that everybody is force sensitive. It's yeah. whoever's born with, you know, more talent than the rest, you know? Mm-hmm. Anakin was one of those where he had more talent than the rest, you know? So I mean but they always had the chosen one prophecy going along. So Yeah. From the regions, because there is unknown regions in Star Wars, you know, the heir to the Empire era, it discusses all of that. Yeah, Um, and we've seen it with Ahsoka. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, from what they were able to... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Look around, you know? They only found really Anakin and Qui-Gon... And because Qui-Gon was really him. the only guy out there, too. Yeah. He was really the really. only guy in the outer rim. Everyone was focused more towards the inner rim, the mid-rim. 
Qui-Gon was really that guy. He was him. Yeah, I personally believe he had a wisdom far greater than Yoda's. Even though Yoda is... Yeah, I think... Yeah, 100%. That's very fair. Considering Qui-Gon was within 60 years old, safe mm -hmm. to say, um, and Yoda was, what, 800 and... 40 850 at the time yeah pretty safe you to can say. learn a lot not a lot like that amount of time yeah so i think yoda had the longevity yeah but like you watch hockey he yeah. he he had 10 goals a year 10 points a year um but he was he was in the first line for his whole career. And it's like, that's it? You're only putting up 10 points a year, man? And he did it for 20 years. Like, who? why do you guys keep signing this guy back? Like, why do you keep giving this guy a max contract? Yoda was really the... Yoda held the Jedi hostage due to how long that fucker could live. Yeah. Like, he probably got anointed Grandmaster when he was, like, 220 just because they had no one else good enough. We need that kind of story, man. We need to get into the young days of Yoda. <laughs> surely. Surely. Whether it's a comic, whether it's a show. How do you feel about Grogu? Golden egg, my dude. Like... <laughs> That's the reason behind Yoda is because he's just so mysterious. Mm -hmm. Literally the first sight of little Grogu, the first words out of everybody was, that's a baby Yoda. Mm -hmm. You can't get any more joyful than that. You know what I mean? In emotions and just happiness, you know? it. It's literally a golden egg. And yeah. They knew that that would sell, and it does, for sure. I mean, yeah. I'm excited to see where Grogu goes. Kind of a little peeved he picked the, you know, the Under Armour compared to the Laser Sword. <laughs> but, um, that, That's the dumbest decision in Disney Star Wars. Genuinely. <laughs> No kid is turning down a fucking lightsaber. Bro, they care. literally get to. <laughs> they like he Yoda's. can. They literally get to write whatever comes after Episode Nine. It can be a dark side Grogu. That'd be fan fucking fantastic. I'm so for it. That'd yeah, be awesome, dude. He has the trauma. Like he went through Order Sixty Six. He doesn't want the Jedi back. He wants to slaughter the Jedi. Could you honestly imagine seeing that as the la as the newest trilogy villain? Like, yeah, you know, we had a Grandmaster Yoda. What if we have a he is Sith the, Master Yoda? If you put every character that we've seen on shows, he is the least likely to be the biggest villain. Just like if you only watch episode one, who's the least likely villain? The fucking Chancellor. Now let's say they do announce it right and in the trailer say this is the trailer it's ray you know there's ray dialogue narration going on right for about maybe a 45 second <laughs> teaser trailer 
you get cinematics of a Jedi Academy being built. You see Padawans, you know, waving their little lightsabers, training droids. And then you just hear, I guess, a dark side version of Yoda speaking like Yoda, but mm -hmm. intimidating, menacing dialogue. You know what yeah. I mean? And then it just pan. I mean, dude, you would have to like, I don't know, raise Grogu another two feet or something to like Yoda's height. Because he is a little short dude right now mm -hmm. at the age of 50. He's growing but, um, rapidly. Like, he's starting to talk. He doesn't really have, like, like Yoda had eyes. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. not saying that Grogu doesn't have eyes. But, and, like, he just got black pupils. Yeah. So, like, he's like, a, I mean? he's like a big old Funko Pop. Yeah, for real. Like a big old Funko Pop. Or something to that effect. And... You can't really see him go dark side yet, because what would it be? Just yellow pupils? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's basically like anime eyes. We've seen him go, we've seen him use dark side before. He's force choked before. Yeah, but... Force choked Cara Dune. Right, and so that is... That, uh, that goes to... Um, I don't know if it's Qui-Gon's teachings. It's definitely Luke's teachings, because he uses force choke as well. Yeah. It how like that I think on the one of the previous podcasts we discussed on how the force should be used and I was a neutral about it you know it's how you use the force you know if you're gonna use it to kill people you're definitely evil if you're gonna use it to make sure that things are peaceful and good you're definitely good yes like force choking an evil robot does not make you evil it makes you a good person because you're saving people so I'm with you I would like it and. So, like I said, uh, following the trailer, say we did see a version of Grogu growing up and he's Sith. Do you feel like there needs to be context added to, because we've already seen Grogu now. He's a youngling in the sense. He's a foundling, sorry. I think uh, you have to, you have to see the turn. I agree. You have to, like, maybe the Mando movie, Heir to the Empire. That's, like, yeah, that's why I think Kylo Ren like we see the turn but like we're not happy with how it happened like luke wouldn't right. do, luke luke's character that we knew wouldn't do that granted he did it we don't think that he would have done that and that's why i think it's devalued whereas if grogu puts his little uh shoto lightsaber deep into ray's heart like i don't think people would hate that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you watch wrestling at all? Uh, I mean, I'm I was a fan of it, and then I stopped watching it. So you know so, how forever in a day, Roman Reigns was the good guy that got booed. Everyone hated him. Right. But he was like the top guy, the Ray, mm -hmm. basically. Everyone who n needed to get over got over through Roman, like Braun Strowman kicked the shit out of Roman for ages, made him huge. If Grogu pulls a Braun Strowman and just kills Rey, everyone's going to be like, holy crap, dark side Grogu, dark side baby Yoda, dark side Yoda, this is sick, this is, Star Wars is back. Genuinely, I think that that would be fire. And what a way to kill off a character too, then pass in the torch to the next generation. You have her her apprentices who can carry on her legacy, her kid, whatever. But then they have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Grogu.
definitely needs a good script writer. <laughs> definitely. Oh, 100%. 100%. But Grogu bringing back the like, teachings of the Sith. Bringing back... Doesn't even need to be the rule of two. OG Sith. You know, Sith armies. Sith ass assassins. Sith understudies. Sith apprentices. Sith troopers. That would be cool. Kind of like what Palpatine was trying to build, but cooler. Because Palpatine... Pal okay, is Palpatine overrated? Because the Sith ended with him. Is he overrated? The rule of two was going fine. <laughs> I mean, at this day and age, yeah, Palpatine's overrated. Because he's been kicking since the 70s. <laughs> yeah. But like... Let's talk about Palpatine that's, that's, that's a bit. Snoke died, you know what I mean? Like we lost Snoke, and it's like back to Palp. Yeah. It's like, wow. Palpatine. It wasn't even his plan either. It was Plagueis's plan. Let's not give him all the all the reins, right? Mm. Plagueis's plan. Palpatine was just there. He was the he was the face of it, and I think that's ultimately why the Empire failed. If Plagueis was running the Empire, I don't think it fails. No, it doesn't. He was like 10 steps ahead of everybody except Palpatine. That's because he taught him everything he knew. And yeah. That's just, and, you, you don't tell somebody your weakness. And I think if, to my knowledge, Plagueis literally told him everything. Everything. It's a wrap. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, GG's. Yeah, Palpatine... Lost two Death Stars. Lost a Galactic Civil War. Like, the only time that the war was ever equal terms. Because the first war, the um, Clone Wars, fucker was, he was cheating. Like, he was switching, he was switching sides mid-game. Mid he was switching controllers mid-game. Whereas, he tried to do that on the civil war and he's like oh crap this is online i can't switch <laughs> i'm, I'm stuck I can't pause. <laughs> yeah i'm stuck they got me stunned oh mustard the only time it was ever fair fucker got beat yep twice twice and then again and then again so palpatine i think is overrated hot take i'm sorry hot take how do you feel about palps? Like, just in, in general. In general. He's, he's kind of like an annoyance. He's kind of a blister. He's kind of an ache. Like he's a cramp. He's always there. It's the hump in the camel's back. Yeah. He's a he's a bastard. That's a good way to put it. Um, I'm just glad he's dead. And if for some goddamn reason I hear somehow Palp returned mm -hmm. again, I'm flipping my hat. <laughs> 100%. You have to at that rate. He's literally disintegrated. <laughs> There's no way. So, death magic. <laughs> this next segment as a fire opening. This next segment is <laughs> called the Squigo Sector. Essentially, just talking about Galaxy of Heroes, what's to come. I just uploaded a video, and I'll recap it. It was my top 20 characters that I want to see added to the game. 15 new characters, 5 reworks. And I'll give you the list right now. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. 
So a little like abbreviated version of the video. Uh, number one was Ram Kota from the Force Unleashed as a star okay. killer, you like a lifter for that team. Okay. Um, a Jedi tank with rebellion synergy. Um, but really, he his kit only synergizes like in his unique. All the all the stuff would be like there has to be a dark side unaligned force user who's an attacker like he has to go with star killer essentially there's no ifs ands or buts about it um number two and three go in the same team it's for a qui-gon lift it's jedi knight dooku and padawan obi-wan kenobi dooku would be a tank because of how he like the the scene in mind was the tales of the jedi where he's taking all those bullets for the town mm -hmm. um i thought that, that was sick and he could have like a mass defense kind of move and then kenobi i had as a support that can change stances when his stacks of aggression get high enough kind of like with uh he was more defensive with maul and let qui-gon take the lead but then when Qui-Gon died, like, he went attack mode. And I thought that that was cool. Um, number, what do we got? Four, five, six, seven, and eight. All are requirements for character number nine. So, Balin Skull, Shin Hati, neutral, unaligned force users. I think that would be pretty sick. Orange lightsabers and all. And I said, it'd be cool if they're neutral relic thingy was orange instead of gray that'd be cool um what it then we have jedi knight ezra bridger we have sabine ren padawan with the jedi tag and then ezra and sabine also have the new republic tag because we're, we're starting a new tag then we have night sister morgan just a night sister lifter like a, a tank if you want to get rid of a zombie put zombie with someone else um and because I, she has the sword now so it's it's cool then we have the legendary for all these characters jedi master ahsoka tano in her white outfit then satil shan jedi knight revan lifter and then we have the Knights of Ren, SLKR lifters. Brand new team for SLKR. So you can put first order with first orders. Um, make two solid first order teams now. You can put a tank in each team, etc. And you don't have to put four of them with SLKR. You can have the Knights of Ren. And then I'll pause there because four of the next characters go with a rework. Um, first rework is for Darth Maul. I want him to essentially just have some synergy with Savage Opress. Give him like a TW Omicron that activates Savages in TW or something like that. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Old Ben rework. Make him, when he dies, come back as a Force Ghost if he's with Commander Luke. So, because me and JT were playing with uh, CLS All Conquest, and we were like, damn, they could really use a tank. 
So that's that's a little offshoot one. Cassie and Andor, give him a rework. He had a great show. And he looks too freaking cartoony. He looks too goofy. Uh, Darth Vader, I think he needs a home. So in order to do so, probably rework him a little bit. And then last rework is Grand Admiral Thrawn. We're going to rework his lead and his uniques because with Thrawn, we're adding his uh, assassin, Rook. We're adding Captain Enoch. We're adding the Night Trooper and the Night Death Trooper. And that's the new five-man Thrawn team. That'd be pretty dope. Mm -hmm. I can see one of his uniques getting remade to, you know, be heir to the Empire. Oh, 100%. Because he's going to be the new emperor. He's going to be the new emperor. He's back. Yep. Like, he's at Geonosis. Yeah, he's at Geonosis. No, he's at Dathomir. Sorry. Yep. And the... Yeah, he's going to... I'm Dude, I'm actually... I'm hype. I, I liked the ending. Because now, Ahsoka is off in the galaxy. They're trapped. Sabine's off in the galaxy. They're trapped. Ezra is in town. Who else is in town? Wielding a lightsaber. Luke Skywalker. In the same town as it, where they were? Mm-hmm. Dude, Luke is Luke's back. Why didn't that click in my brain? Where did they where were they? Where did they go? They went to Dathomir. Literally yeah, the planet to next to Dathomir is Luke's temple. On Yavin. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, I think, I'm saying. Like, yeah, I think Luke's going to come back and save the day. Because Ahsoka's stuck. Yeah. I think it'll take Ahsoka some time, and by the time she gets there, Luke's going to be handling the business. I feel like some space whale's going to come out and save them. Yeah, or something with like the little uh, Japanese speaking crabs. Because it, yeah. it, it was funny. Um, someone on Twitter was like, they're literally just speaking Japanese. I can translate it. <laughs> just really high pitched Japanese. But, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I. How'd you feel about the Ahsoka show? I know we talked about it, but after the finale, there was just a lot of discourse going on. And most of it was, like, negative, but we need to remember with these shows, like, we're, this is only a chapter of the story. Mm -hmm. Where people expect this to be just the whole story being told. With Star Wars, the expectations are just dumb high for everybody. Yeah. Um, with Maroc, dude, we even went to great lengths to look up Starkiller's original concept, and we literally <laughs> thought it was Starkiller. Yeah. So... I mean, me personally, Ahsoka is like the best when it comes to visuals. Um, the, it, episode five with Anakin was just pure cinema, even though it doesn't really need much dialogue. It was just the transitions alone, you know, and how it was portrayed. Seeing Clone Wars Anakin just walk through a dust cloud on uh, they were on Geo, I believe, mm -hmm. or yeah, and just. <laughs> One glimpse is Annie, and the other glimpse is Vader. Yeah. 
and even at times it's annie and vader yeah but yeah uh right after that you mm -hmm. know he is the body of anakin transitions to the body of vader and then when he speaks as anakin his voice is vader it's, it's crazy yeah i'm dude i'm so hyped i haven't gone back and rewatched it yet yeah same. so i'm only sitting on that raw like the first time i watched it but i'm watching clone wars right now i'm doing a full walk watch through of the saga do it every year yeah. at the start of the year um attack of the clones is just so good it's such a good movie and it only gets hate because of how critics treated hayden it was the dialogue you know um for sure um it seemed really wonky to people just the way that the script was said yeah but if you interpret it a different way and understand the script yeah you know and you're open-minded when he says he hates sand it's a literal meaning he grew up as a slave on a sandy ass planet so mm -hmm. a deeper meaning than just being a meme you know 100 percent. and people always say that that's like cringe but let's 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 literally analyze it he says i hate sand it's it's not soft like you and then they kiss like that's literally w riz it worked it was a w pickup line he was vulnerable he got her guard down and then he complimented her made her smile made her feel things and then they kissed fell in love did it that night got married got married within a week how crazy is that they got married within a freaking week oh 100 that's a they knew it though they just knew it yeah annika was probably like you don't understand i'm the chosen one i know i know how these things work we're destined to be together She's like, shit, you're right. No, but Padme was extremely attracted to Anakin. Even as, even when he was a little kid, she was extremely attracted to him. Pause right there. Just what, it's what's in the book. I have a, the Star Wars archive. It's sick. Check it out. Check it out. This is the best purchase I've ever made. So it's uh, everything about Star Wars ever. Each movie, there's like 250 pages for each movie, breaking down scenes, breaking down scripts, breaking down like what characters were meant to do, what characters were meant to be thinking. Um, concept art like this is it's literally everything Star Wars ever is in this and this is for the episodes one to three I ordered four to six and that gets here like in the next two days which I'm super hyped for but point being um, Padme was super attracted to Anakin and even uh, as a grown-up like she was like holy shit like look at this stud look at this piece of meat in my 
in my apartment right now. Like, wish these other idiots weren't here. Wish these Jedi would get out of here and these guards get them out of here. But I love the I love the prequels, man. There's something like it's a different flavor than you get. It's like vanilla cherry Coke. And then in the originals, it's just old fashioned McDonald's Coke. Nice carbonated cold. You know what you're going to get. It's not that new crap. It's not that sure. Coke Zero that they gave us in 7, 8, and 9. But I, I loved it. I loved it. Um, we're at an hour, and I don't want to keep you too much longer, so how about we head into the mailbag? Welcome back, everybody, to the Archives podcast. We are here with the Galactic Dispatches sent in by you guys shout out to you guys if you have any questions comments concerns join the discord the new archives podcast discord hit us up on twitter or instagram at star wars tap or anywhere at so tico first question is in from nick now he asks what if through some slip up darth bane was killed in the thought bomb thus killing off 100 percent of the sith how would the Skywalker saga play out? Do you know about Darth Bane's lore? Uh, not all of it, to be quite honest with you. I do not know. Okay, so in this moment he's referring to, Darth Bane was leading a... He wasn't leading it. There was a, a Sith above him still that... His his ideology just wasn't there with the Sith. He he wanted to follow Revan's teachings, what Revan thought was best for the Sith, which was uh, an apprentice and a master. The other guy was going to get in the way of that because he wanted the Sith to be just like, essentially, if the dark side was all absorbed within two people they would be so much stronger rather than if it was spread out amongst hundreds of people you know, does that make sense right that was bane's mindset so in the middle of this fight between all of the sith and a bunch of jedi bane goes hey let's do the thought bomb and the thought bomb was like a ritual that was a force bomb Essentially, anyone that was Force-sensitive was thanos basically, and killed. Bane knew how to do it to where he wouldn't be affected by it. Um, at least physically. Mentally, it kind of toyed with him a bit. He was always paranoid afterwards, but he killed every single Sith. And he's he was it. On that planet, he meets his apprentice, Xana, who had just killed two Jedi... And she's this little nine-year-old girl. She killed two Jedi with her mind. And he basically adopts her as his apprentice. Um, so that's the lore of the thought bomb. So the question, um, what if Bane was also killed in that bomb, killing 100% of the Sith? I still think some Jedi would stumble upon teachings of the Sith through like a holocron or something. And I feel like the Sith would come back because everyone's always going to have these radical ideals, you know? 
I feel like the si the saga would just play out up until like what episode two ish. Really, you wouldn't get Darth Maul in episode one, would you? If no, then yeah, you would just Qui Gon would trade Anakin, and that's it. He'd just grow up peacefully. Mm -hmm. And just being in paranoia of like Sith to come back and never do. Mm -hmm. And yeah, very interesting. It's hard to think that far forward from Darth Bane all the way to the Skywalker saga because right. there's like a thousand years that goes on. I think butterfly effect, uh, it's just a little bit too hard to tell, but I think yeah. it would be interesting to see. Good question, though. Next one is from GC. What would you do if you had complete control of the separatists, the CIS, the army, the droid army? If you were in complete control, if you were Grievous, what would you do? Uh, if you were Dooku, because Dooku was the guy. He was the CEO. We're scrapping the B1 protocol droids. <laughs> Nothing but B2s, DDKs, and commandos from here on out. <laughs> the B1s were sick, but only for civilians. They were very not very, for Jedi. Very cheap. Yeah, that's why they just yeah they could produce millions at like a percentage of a dollar. You know. Yeah. It was crazy. I would have put more like if if I'm not influenced by Palpatine. And if I'm not pigeon-held, I'm putting at least 10 times more droids per battle. But obviously, he couldn't do that. He had to nerf it a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the war would keep going. Um, but yeah, that's what I would do. I would invest more in fleets as well. Because I think their fleets were pretty mid pretty mid and that's that's considering how good that they were like you had trench you had grievous um you had all the commando droids really really cool technology too that won battles killed clones but yeah is what it is from black ice what do you think would have happened if the mandalorians didn't go extinct so I guess this is asking, what if the Empire didn't bomb Mandalore? Um, they would... Mm, I think there would be a threat. For sure. I think so too. And maybe like one of the bigger threats. Yeah. Initially. When they don't have much of a, a defense system built up. And they have dummies, rednecks, hillbillies, drunks, and clones that don't want to be there. Yeah. I think Mandalorians could have done some damage. Maybe not too much damage, but enough damage to make some noise. Because at the end of the day, they got slaughtered in one night. So, they didn't have too much to do, but they would have made some noise. A nice early rebellion. Yep. Um, from David, if Palpatine somehow died during the Clone Wars, do you think that Dooku and the CIS 
would have gone forward with the construction of the Death Star. I personally say no. You don't think so? No. I don't either. I don't think Dooku is a big fan of the Death Star. I don't think Dooku was a Sith Lord as Sith as he's titled. No. I mean, if you go back <laughs> to the conversation he had with Obi-Wan, you know, he felt empathy, I think is the right word for, you know, his dead apprentice mm -hmm. or sympathy, one of those. Um, and then he tried to convince Obi-Wan to turn and Obi-Wan denied. <clears throat> Do you think, I think he had, I'm sorry. Do you think he was trying to get Obi-Wan to be his Dooku? Kind of like how Plagueis had Palpatine as his apprentice. Palpatine had Maul training in the shadows. Mm -hmm. And then he had Dooku under his thumb. So do you think Dooku was trying to get Obi-Wan to not join the sith but just join him like genuinely yeah just because of uh, the reminisce of qui-gon you know mm -hmm. he spoke highly of him of obi-wan to dooku so he definitely wanted him as an apprentice for sure over anakin he hated absolutely Annie. absolutely he couldn't stand anakin even as like competitors in a in a navy fight couldn't stand them uh, this one's from alan how would sidious's plans have changed if vader left mustafar uninjured his plans would have changed because he'd be dead in my opinion i think so too anakin was 100 percent taken over he would have struck him down and there was nothing Pop could have done. Yeah, he even it, said it to Padme, like, we can overthrow the Emperor. Literally. And it wasn't until the suit that came and completely knocked Anakin into the ground. Yeah. Like, the suit was just, I, I don't know the exact number, but he had X amount of needles going into his body. And the suit was also vulnerable to lightning. Mm -hmm. So... It definitely nerfed the poop out of him. And it and it's funny and, they the suit basically gave Anakin high heels as well. Like he was always yeah. walking on high heels. The way that they put his uh prosthetics in. But yeah, yeah, um how would Sidious's plans have changed? Uh he would have had to defend himself for his life. Cause Vader's slaughtering him. Especially if he just, like, if he leaves Mustafar uninjured, I, I figure that implies he kills Obi-Wan. Yeah, and after he kills Obi-Wan, I think it's just like the ultimate ending in the game where he's just, it's after killing Obi-Wan, Anakin's so gone. <laughs> yeah. Before they leave the planet, he's killing Belt. In 100%. my opinion. From Joseph. Shout out to Joseph. He was in my stream. Um, after watching Tico play Battlefront 2 on YouTube... I have to know, how would the Battle of Endor had gone down if Thrawn was given a Super Star Destroyer and was overseeing the Battle of Endor? Is a Super Star Destroyer the Star Destroyers from Episode Nine, or is it um, like the Chimera? Chimera is a Star Destroyer. Executor is like a super, where it has ah. Star Destroyers 
along with it towing. So the Superstar mm. Destroyers are the big Mamma Jammas, like this big. Where's my other? Yeah. Hand? Like that big, compared to a Star Destroyer that's like that big. And they, so, like the cannons and the weapons and all that are just second to none. So basically, what if Thrawn was piloting the Executor and a Piet? It's yeah. over. It's, it's over. It's done. Even you if he was involved with the battle, I think he's one step ahead of them. You got a rookie. Yeah. You. I mean, dude, you have a mastermind. Palp knew it, too. Yeah. That the chests are not to be intimidated and you don't underestimate no um that's why he rose to the rank so high mm -hmm. um no that yeah no definitely it would have been over he would have knew what to do if he was given that uh military um coordination is i think is the words i'm looking for if that was his project like this is your base this is what you do you're deployed here mm -hmm. you're done it's over the endor rebellion could not have done anything different in my opinion um <clears throat> i yeah family guy made fun of it too it was piet and his co-pilot or whoever was standing at the helm and they were chasing the falcon and it's just going like this and he's like they're maneuvering hazily to the left <laughs> it was like damn you got some maneuvers huh <laughs> let me put something in perspective for you so General Veers and Darth Vader, they were equals in the Navy. How crazy is that? Were they actually? Yeah. Anakin remained a general in the Navy. Like, he never stopped being General Skywalker. He was just Darth Vader. And they referred to him as Lord because he was a Lord of the Sith. Um, but he was still a general. That's why he had to appeal to Grand Moff Tarkin, who rank he outranked him. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to put into perspective like that. Like that's why he was able to appoint Piet as admiral. Pretty cool. Pretty cool thing about Veers was him. Veers was up there. Died in an AT-80. That's crazy. Veers is Timothy. Next question is in from Kyle. Let's say everything in Phantom Menace goes down, how it happened, up to the point of the election, and then Bail Antilles of Alderaan was elected Chancellor. What happens to the Jedi, the Sith, and the Separatists? So what happens if Palpatine loses the election? Do you know what I think? Just offer it. I think... I think... He outs the Sith. Genuinely. Because he... Oh. Palpatine. I think he just aligns with the Separatists. Him, Dooku, Maul... I think they, the Sith, or the Separatists, become the the Sith Empire. I think he brings back the Sith Empire. Okay. 
Um, I'm gonna go with he does his own thing. The Clone Wars never happens, and he finds an alternate plan, something that's just as devious as Order 66. Because let's be honest, Order 66 was just a brutal stab in the back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, the moment that he gave that order out and they just turn. Yeah. It's a brilliant executed plan, and it's manipulative as fudge. Um, I really, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to veer, like, he, he would towards lean towards the Sith Empire. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, like, just thinking about it, what I want to know, who was the last Jedi to die by a clone's gunshot due to Order 66? Like, how long were they tracking him? That kind of thing, you know? How long did he last? I mean, didn't Order 66 really go on all the way to, like, Episode 6? It was just, like, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of went on... Like, in, we're in Bad Batch Season 2, and the clones are kind of sick of it right now. Yeah. So it, it didn't last too long. Maybe a handful of years. Like, the, the hunt for Jedi was always a thing, but the clones stopped well, doing mean, it, so they brought out Inquisitors. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, the, the order expired. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'll give Appreciate you a, a, a three-year subscription, and then you're on your own, palps. But, man, yeah. I want to know how long that Jedi lasted. Was it a month? A couple months? A week? A couple I'm days? I'm Voss in live action. Yeah. He's alive. We know he's alive. Yep. That's cool. Uh, last question here is from Brandon. I'm going to be honest. I haven't liked The Mandalorian since season one when he was actually collecting on and hunting bounties. I was ecstatic during Book of Boba Fett when he began bounty hunting again, but it seems like his days in the guild are over. That being said, do you think that Disney slash Lucasfilm are really missing out on a potentially great series, and we are missing a drastic point by looking at the Mandalorian with rose-colored glasses? Yeah, I think so. I uh, The character of Din Djarin is... It's in the dirt. It's mudded. It's dirty. It's it's lost its muster. It's like the Walkman. It was a brilliant device. Came out. You're playing CDs. It was nothing like it of its era. And then, boom, the iPod comes out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's literally how I feel with The Mandalorian. Season one, I mean, it was great. And then it just, it took a toll and it's so sad. Yeah. But hopefully with the movie, you know, cause it is a Mandoverse. Hopefully with the movie, they redeem Mando. You know what I mean? Cause like. <laughs> yeah. I say get rid of that Mandoverse name and we just call it heir to the empire era. I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what really, yeah, that's what the Mandoverse era is. Yeah, yeah. it's the Thrawn era. G give Thrawn his flowers. Mando's just, it's, it's, it's Thrawn's world. Mando's just living in it. Yep. 100%. 
I'm yeah, I'm more excited to see what Thrawn's getting up to than Mando. Genuinely, like, I'll watch it because it'll, it's Star Wars, and it's like Star Wars that I've liked in the past. It's not. I'm not gonna watch any of the goofy stuff that comes out, like uh, the kids Jedi show, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Like, I don't watch everything. I don't play everything, but. Right. The Mando I'll watch. I have a poster on my wall for crying out loud, but it was from season one, to be fair. When it was good. It was Dang good. Freaking... But I that gotta... is the last... <sighs> yeah. Get that fraud off of our screen, honestly. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up, folks, for the Archives podcast. We appreciate MJ for coming through. I could talk Star Wars with MJ for hours. We'll see you guys next time for episode 22. Make sure to leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to us everywhere at Star Wars TAP. Join the Discord. Get in the game. Tap in. And may the Force be with you.